0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are soccer's biggest event kicks off next week, previewing the 2022 World Cup. College hoops season is underway, looking back at the Champions Classic and what lies ahead. The NBA wants to institute a hard salary cap. Is that good or bad for the game of basketball? oregon's college football playoff dreams are busted recapping last week's college football games and previewing week 12's biggest games with that I give you our chief our fire brigade rob cow
1: thanks colton good to be here on a wednesday night in matt's basement live in the studio uh yeah like colton said we're going to get into some world cup news here that's getting ready to start um it's over in qatar and it's a it's a tournament that goes on for uh you know the it goes on for a month it starts the 20th of this month and goes until the 18th of december so you know it's 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 there's a lot of teams obviously in it and it's it's a thing you really got to keep up on because it's it's a dynamic it's always changing you know the the pools and the seatings and whatever else but you know it, it really makes for some entertaining uh, sports viewing so we'll let we'll let matt and colton get started here
0: yeah absolutely like dad
1: said there's going to be
0: uh 32, 32 different teams in, in this one. And, um, actually, you know, it, it's an event that they have what a, about every four, every four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 24 of the, of the 32 teams that are playing, you know, in this year's world cup, were actually in the world cup back in 20, 2018. So mm-hmm. good majority of the teams that, you know, played four years ago are, are back in this one. And, um, but yeah, it's going to be going to be pretty, pretty exciting to, to see, uh, you know, it's one of the events, you know, that I tune into for, you know, for, from a soccer standpoint, I can't say that I'm a, a huge soccer fan or a big soccer fan, but it's always an event that I, you know, like to tune into that I think captures, you know, uh, the sports world, you know, on a global market, because obviously it's a global, global event, you know, every, almost every country or a lot of the, the big countries are represented here. So I think it's, yeah, uh, well regarded from a, from a global standpoint, you know, people tuning in to, to, to watch this. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, and you know this is actually the the last of this format. It's going from, from thirty two teams to forty eight teams in twenty twenty six. So there will be expand a little bit. Some mm-hmm. some other countries are going to get a little shot here. Right. And I also found it interesting that this is the first time that the uh, the World Cup's been held in the winter months. It's usually held in the summer yep. months, but due to mm-hmm. the heat in Qatar. They had, they had to postpone it, move it to the winter so it would be a little cooler. So mm-hmm. you, know, you don't yeah. have any heat stroke or anything. Yeah, out there and and with that the comes into
1: play with a couple of things I was reading, you know, since it is in November, starting in November. Um, you know, like our season here, the MLS season in the United States has been over for over a month now. So, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't know if that hurts guys that are playing on the, you know, different teams, whether, you know, the rust uh heard some or the you know the game conditioning or whatever i mean obviously they're still staying in shape but is it game shape and or does it help on the other side with you know maybe nagging injuries that guys Mm -hmm. have had right you know time to get those healed or whatever so right you know and and the european players are they played up until last week so right right you know so it, it, it it'll be interesting with it like matt said with this change in timing for 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 this event
0: yeah absolutely um you know and and just going back, you know, 2018. So the the team that, you know, won it back in 2018, that's the the France, you know, from France, the French team uh, won it back in 2018. Obviously they're back, you know, again, again, in this this, uh, edition of the World Cup. So we'll see if they can, can repeat, you know, obviously going to come into it being one of the, the heavy favorites. Vegas um, has them number two right now, at plus 600 behind Brazil at right. plus 400. Which, uh, you know, makes sense. Uh, Brazil, uh, looking at the, the rankings or how they, mm-hmm. you know, rank teams globally. Brazil is the, the number one team in the, you know, in the rankings or, you know, globally. Um, however, they decide that or, you know, how how they, you know, define that. You know, Brazil is the number one team yeah. amongst, you know, amongst it's the four countries. One, four um, one
1: is what I... Now I saw Argentina listed as number two favorite Mm. in a couple of the uh, format or a couple of the you know information sites that I gathered. Okay,
2: it's pretty close on what I had them at number three at plus six fifty. Okay, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And all of them are going to be competing for you know a large large pot of money. Um, So the prize pool for this year um, is four hundred and forty million dollars, which is actually up an additional 40 million from 2018 so it was 400 million in, in 20 2018 it's 440 for for 2022 so oh, wow. you know just kind of running through that real quick the uh so the champion whoever wins you know comes out on top you know hoists um the, the trophy takes home 42 42 million dollars you know for winning this thing and obviously that's split amongst you know all the players and mm-hmm. you know coaches mm-hmm. and you know staff that's involved involved with this thing so you know but still a, a nice chunk of change you know to, to play in this tournament um and then uh you know second place gets 30 30 million third place gets 27 million um and then it goes into basically from there like groupings people you know get so teams that finish fifth through eighth place each one of those teams gets 17 million ninth through 16th gets thirteen million. And even if you come in dead last, you still walk away with uh, nine million dollars. So, mm-hmm. so the the, the teams 17th through 32nd get you know nine million dollars each. Mm-hmm. So you somewhat get into this thing and show up, and right. you know even if you don't have a great showing, you still walk home with you know a big big chunk of money there or whatever.
1: So yeah, well, gonna, I'm gonna oh go ahead I'm no go ahead that. yeah go ahead no I'm gonna throw some other uh, big numbers at you money wise. Right. They said globally there'll be over a hundred billion dollars bet. Oh wow. wow. So, been, I, I, so yeah. with that in mind, they, there is like four different organizations that are monitoring this mm. for, um, like game fixing. Yeah. I yeah. Believe it or not. You know, they're and they watch everything. They watch like red cards and, and uh, everything. thrown. Right. So you got a company called Sports Trader that's watching it. Mm-hmm. Interpol, mm-hmm. Um, the International Betting Integrity Association. And the FBI that are keeping out. an eye on this thing, you know, because <laughs> there's
0: a lot of money exchanging hands. And there,
1: and there has been some, uh, but they said normally some of this uh, game fixing and stuff has been in the smaller leagues where it's, you know, a little more obscure. And right. obviously you don't have this, this giant pot that people were and the, in. and these, you know, big big obviously big uh oversight oversight watching, oversight watching. Right. so yeah. yeah so i mean that, that was kind of an interesting about 100 billion in bets on this thing and wow that's crazy yeah yeah no now, i i to move on a little bit um from beyond that um where did you guys see the u.s missing? what the the where i saw him was like pretty much middle of the pack yep. like 15th best odds yeah, yeah. plus
0: Plus ten thousand on the <laughs> odds so yeah, and i mean I that kind of makes sense kind of looking at the average rankings are looking at the rankings like mm-hmm. amongst the team in there they're in the top 20 as far as yeah. you know global ranking go but okay. they got they got a tough group already like, they got a tough grouping to start and just for everybody's knowledge that may not know how it how it works so there are uh i don't know six uh probably let's see one two three four five six seven so eight different groups um and the mm-hmm. top two teams from each group are the ones that then advance Move to the, on. to the knockout stage where it becomes kind of like the March madness where win or on go home um, kind okay. of deal. So gotcha. it works, you know, the group stage is obviously the first, you know, couple weeks of the tournament or whatever, mm-hmm. where everybody in your, you play everybody in your group one time and then, so you know,
1: cut the field in half they'll right. get down to 16. Right. And then it's, there. then it's
0: from there, you know, like I said, win or, win or go oh, home. No. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, just looking at, at, at you know the group that the USA is in. Um, I mean, they're playing with with England, um, who's the fifth best team in the in the country based mm-hmm. on you know global rankings. They have Iran, which I was surprised they're the twentieth ranked you know uh, team in the in the you know the global World. rankings, and then a you know a small country by the you know Wales, which I think is making either their first World Cup appearance or their first one in a super super long time but they're, they're ranked 19th. So in, in the USA, obviously then 16th in the, in the global ranking. So, you know, average, you know, ranking of their group is about 15th. So it's, it's one of the higher ones amongst, Mm. you know, all the, uh, actually it is the highest one of all the, all the groups, you know, if you kind of average out global rankings for each of the groups, the USA is, you know, looking at that stat alone, they're in the the, the hardest group or the most difficult group. So we'll see what, uh,
1: got to play up to the competition yeah what well, what they
0: what they can do i mean uh, you know just kind of reading some stuff or hearing some stuff you know talking about that i mean the usa feels confident that they got you know a, a team that that can compete or you know maybe one of their better teams that they've had mm-hmm. you know in in recent world cup memory so we'll see what they what they can do with it but uh, yeah i think uh, at this point for the usa is just to advance out of that group stage get to the knockout you know round and and
2: see what they what they can do um because, well, plus 10,000 odds, I go put 10 bucks on them and, beg right. and see what happens. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> and and I was reading something before this, uh, you know, before this, uh, you know, before we started the show, and actually, it's it's kind of funny, the, um, <clears throat> the US, like, outside, like the, the global sports books, or like the sports books somewhat out of the US, have actually the US at like, super higher odds than what the US sports books have them, because, Obviously, all the U.S. people are betting on the U.S. because it's just, you know, a national pride type mm-hmm. deal. But right. all of the ones, you know, outside the U.S., they're not, you know, putting a ton of money on the U.S. because they're somewhat they're looking being more realistic. They're, they, yeah, <laughs> they know in reality that, yeah, the they're U.S.A. Smart is. smart money. Yeah. So that, that actually, you know, if you lived in a different country or whatever and, and you know, had the availability to go to a, go to a sports book, I believe the odds for, you know, the USA are almost like 250 to one or like, it's even, it's even higher than, than the hundred to one. Um, oh. man. So you really could throw down, you know, some chump change and if it, you know, pays out, you could be looking at, you know, pretty big payout. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of an interesting thing I saw, you That's know, right cool. before, yeah. right before the show. So yeah, U S betters are obviously throwing their money at, at the U S because, you know, even at 101 odds, it's yeah, still pretty a, good. Right. Um, but because of that, that's driving the odds, you know, better because everybody's putting their money down on the USA or whatever. But, yeah, they're definitely going to have their hands full, you know, to start out just sure. in, in group play and then, you know, get to knockout and see what, what happens from there. <clears throat>
1: Very good. All right, on, on to another sport that uses a round ball, but this time it's basketball. Um, we had the Champions Classic um, last night. Uh, that first game was just a phenomenal game to watch. Uh, University of Kentucky against Michigan state. You know, uh, we were talking about before the show, Michigan state came into the season, you know, with, a with not ranked at all. Um, and they've really played very well. They, they just let Gonzaga escape the other night, um, with a one point lead, I think. And, and Michigan state actually had an opportunity to win that game. They got a last, a last shot at it, but couldn't get it to fall. But, uh, actually knocked off Kentucky last night in uh, yeah. double overtime, yeah. 77 to 86. And I watched the game. I stayed up and watched the, both the overtimes. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the one one of the early, especially for it being early season, one of the most entertaining games of basketball I've seen in a long time. Yeah, you know.
2: and what, what a game for Malik Hall, that game. He was really the difference maker. He had 20 points. And he's actually the guy who forced both overtimes. Mm-hmm. He had a dunk to end. Yeah. Yeah. Both both of those quarters yeah, what a of course. Yeah. Kyle Harry could not be happy with that breakdown on defense. Right. And, and then of course Kentucky's do everything star who came back this year after everybody thought he'd probably go and Oscar to Shibuya, Yeah. Obviously had had a great game for Kentucky, yeah. found yeah. out late. But mm-hmm. you know, and what believe, what a great way I to start. I believe it was his thing.
0: first game of the season because he had off season, I think, knee surgery or something. He didn't something. start. Yeah. He
1: didn't start. And he
0: didn't start right away either, yeah. and you know, actually played significant minutes or a lot more minutes I think than maybe what they thought or what they were planning obviously they needed every you know bucket they could get every you know thing that they could get from them Um, but yeah Kentucky came you know came into that game they were favored the last I saw before you know before the game started they were favored by seven seven points coming into it so I mean Vegas was somewhat not super super confident in Michigan State or you know felt that that Kentucky was was the better team and Mm -hmm. you know for most of the most of the game it, it looked that way, but then, you know, towards, towards the late, you know, Michigan state kind of took, took control. And really back,
1: that whole, like, <clears throat> I'd say three quarters of that second half, mm-hmm. it went back and forth. Yeah, and No team could get out by more than like four or five points. Mm-hmm. And then the other team would come back. But I think to me that one of the big differences in the game was Michigan state uh, shot 85% from the three free throw line mm-hmm. and Kentucky only shot 67%. And then, yeah. I tell you what, that Joey Hauser from Michigan State is a shooter. Mm, yeah, he,
0: you got to be on him. He like comes blue. off
1: that curl and squares up, gets his body square, gets his feet square, and he's got a sweet stroke. Mm-hmm. But,
0: and um, and a big man at that. I mean, he, he can beat you yeah, down low too. Yeah. You gotta you gotta guard him pretty much everywhere right. because he can hurt you down low too if you're not
1: you know not paying attention. So and then uh, their big man Sissoko, um, he both him and. Uh, chibwe got in foul trouble they both were playing with four fouls down the stretch but sissoko was able to hang in there played the whole rest i'd say i don't know probably four minutes ago when he picked up number four played the whole rest of regulation and both overtimes without fouling out Mm -hmm. and had two big steals down the stretch so it wasn't like he was just laying back good discipline playing defense so no it was it was a just a fun game to watch
0: yeah absolutely uh, but then it's the second, second game there. yeah the
1: second game of the night was duke and kansas um it got too late for me i couldn't stay <laughs> up and watch it yeah. I, had to, I had to go through the highlights today but uh you know duke was led by Philipowski, 17 points but he only went six of 18 so mm-hmm. you know i think his shooting percentage needs to come up i know duke's still dealing with Injuries of that, you know, that number one recruiting class, guys aren't 100%. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they haven't played together. And, you know, you were going up against a Kansas team uh, that's obviously got a little more seniority there, got a little more experience. and. Kansas wound up beating them by five behind Jalen Wilson's twenty-five
2: points. Right, he only shot forty-two percent from the field. That, that's a heck of a night shooting. Right, right.
0: Where you know on the flip side, Duke shot less than thirty percent as a team. You know, he's not going to win too many games. You know, doing doing that. And I mean, it, it, you can see in the numbers. Obviously, both these teams scored. You know, didn't even get to the seventies in, in this one. And you can look at it and say. Neither one of these two teams shot very well from the three point line either. Oh, Duke terrible, Duke went three of twenty one, which is equivalent to about fourteen yeah. percent. And and Kansas went three of nineteen, which is almost sixteen yeah, percent. So neither one of these teams really did very well from from the outside. You know, a lot of a lot of twos. Um, I think for me it it is kind of strange because Duke actually out rebounded Kansas uh, forty six to thirty five. Mm and, and actually 21 to 12 on the offensive glass just wasn't, you know, able to convert or, you know, make those, make those second chance, second or third chances really, really hurt, hurt Kansas. But I think, uh, you know, if you're Kansas, obviously Jalen Wilson is going to be the guy that you're going to lean on here, you know, for, for most of the season. But I think it, you know, obviously it's early. We're only three games into the season. I think if you're Kansas going forward, you got to find somebody else or, you know, one or two other guys that are going to kind of compliment Jalen Wilson. Cause I mean, the guy scored 25 points, but he also shot the ball 26 times. I mean, I don't know how sustainable or, you know, how, how well you can lean on one guy for, for that long, you're going to have to find somebody that can kind of, you know, run with him there and and, and compliment him to, you know, have kind of a dynamic offense that doesn't run just through, you know, one, one particular guy. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll see. You know, obviously, very, very, very early in the in the season. But uh,
1: another point I thought that really hurt Duke, and and again, I think this goes back to uh, being a young team, um, having some injuries, not getting to play in practice. They only had eight assists mm, as a okay. team. Yeah, eight assists. Yeah, and I think Kansas, Kansas had, had like, twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can't. You got to distribute the ball, but you got to get guys uh, taking better shots mm-hmm. off the pass you know, getting some help from their teammates, teammates, setting them up for some better. <clears throat>
0: right. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if you're Duke, I mean, some things to, to work on or some things to, you know, moving forward, you got to, uh, you know, you got to look at their their defense has been, you know, lights out. I mean, they, they've, you know, given up very, very minimal points, you know, through the first three, three games. For me, it's something that we haven't really talked about, you know, over the past several years, and that's the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it seems like, with all these top recruits that they've had, these top recruiting classes that they've had the last couple of years, offense has never really been the problem or been, right. been a question. Um, they've always, and for me this year, it's, it's who's going to be that guy that they can count on to get, you know, a clutch bucket or go to in the, in the clutch time. And obviously, like I said, we're only three games in it. It's, you got a lot of learning to do or, you know, whatever, but that, that to me is something that, yeah, it's different than than maybe years past where, Trying to figure out what what can Duke do on the offensive side of the ball, you know where sometimes it's been questionable what their what their defense is able to do or can they hold teams down, you know enough to to get some W. So obviously, um, <clears throat> you know Coach Shire there, you know strange for me to say that, but yeah, Coach. I,
1: that still sounds funny, Coach
0: Coach K. You know obviously no no longer on the sideline for the for the first time in forty three years, you know not on that on that Duke's Duke sideline, you know coaching coaching the Blue Devils, um, but. You know, I think good things, you know, for from the first three games, you know, Shire is, uh, you know, got them locked in, you know, at least on the defensive side, just has to figure out, you know, offensively how they're going to, you know, get get buckets or, you know, score score enough points to, to beat some teams. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to do kind of a, a round table. Or can I talk a little bit? You know, it's, it's going to be probably a little bit before we talk about college basketball again. So I just uh, you know, had had some you know, kind of some major storylines to, to mm-hmm. look at some, you know, teams that are the favorites to kind of win, you know, possibly win the national championship, you know, a few players maybe to watch or whatnot. So, um, <clears throat> you know, some major storylines and I just hinted at one is, you know, uh, you know, coach K obviously no longer on that Duke sideline. Uh, like I said, first time in, in 40, 43 years, he's, you know, not, not there, you know, on that, on that sideline for the blue devils, but uh, another, you know, Another major storyline that I, you know, just found out or, you know, we dad and I found out about as we were watching the the Gonzaga Michigan State game is that they've uh, now added technical fouls for flopping in in college basketball Mm -hmm. this year. So I looked into that a little bit more Mm -hmm. to kind of dive into what what all that entails or how that works exactly. So players, you know, referees who deem that a player has indeed flopped, uh, they get assessed a class B technical foul. Um, so if a player gets called for a flop, um, the opposing team gets to shoot one free throw, but they don't get possession of the ball. So it's not like automatic possession, you know, how a normal technical works, um, where they get, you know, a free throw and they get the ball. Um, it's not how it, how it works. And at the same time, these class B technical fouls—they don't count as personal fouls either. Okay. So you can't you can't foul out by flopping. Now I wasn't able to find like. I was
2: say, can you tech out
0: with two? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't able to find that. I would assume probably not, since right. they they classify it as a class B or, you know, they're putting a different, which is
1: that new too. I didn't even know there was two different yeah, classes. I, I guess, I guess so.
0: Round. I, yeah, I, I had to probably have to do a little bit more research on that, but uh, yeah, I, 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 would assume that because they're, yeah, I didn't
1: realize they instituted that rule change mm-hmm. that yeah. we were watching the other night, Um, which I
0: think, you know, obviously the NBA has somewhat, you
1: know, done that, you know, for a couple
0: of years mm-hmm. now where they've, you know, tried Several. to get rid of the, get rid of the flopping in the NBA. So I think it was probably only a matter of time before, you know, the college ranks got to it. And, you know, this was the year that they decided, you know, they're going to going to institute it. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if that decides a game or, you right. know, if that really, you know, crunch time, you know, how does that, how does that work? And um, I,
1: I think it's made a difference in the NBA game. You don't mm-hmm. see guys, you know, I'm not sure, like you said, a few, at least the two or three years it's been, or a few years it's been in uh, um, the NBA and you don't see guys, you know, Doing the over the top flopping like you used to, so mm-hmm. it, it's made a difference. So I like I
2: like this new rule. So we'll just see how it plays out. Yeah, right it's one of those things. Though it's, it, the the officials are really going to have to be consistent with this, they run, yeah, because it, it is a judgment call. I think it's
0: know? it's almost in in my mind it's going to be somewhat like I don't know, almost like targeting, or it's going to be yeah, like or passing refer- passer, or passer yeah. pass interference yeah. in like yeah. college basketball. It's going to be very yeah. very difficult because obviously it's still got a human element to it. So right. there's always going to be right. some mm-hmm. error. You know in there or, you know uh, just kind of some controversy if you will so yeah i yeah. think
1: like in the, in the college game in basketball college basketball there's a lot less gray area mm-hmm. you know a fouls a foul. you know the only thing you have is a different you know trying to decide between a charge and a, you know and a blocking foul that's right. maybe the only other time that you know kind of like uh personal
0: right and i didn't see anything in this rule where it like obviously i don't think like the teams can like challenge it or like go like I, I, and I don't even know that like it can be even reviewed or like they can go to the monitor to say like, mm. n- because I think at the same time, like even if you go to the monitor, how do you really, it's
1: still gonna be gonna, a judgment. Call yeah,
0: yeah. I think I, so. I, I don't, I didn't see anything about that either. So I think at this point, yeah, whatever it's called, that's, that's What's what it is kind of deal. So, or whatever. uh, but yeah, so those, you know, That'd just a couple, good. couple of major storylines or some differences, you know, in the, in the college ranks that, you know, people, you know, may or may not be aware of, but, uh, You know, looking at kind of the favorites to win the national championship, it's kind of a, you know, obviously we're very early into the season, but you know, there's, there's some teams that you thought, you know, brought back a lot of stars. So they would be, you know, kind of clear cut favorites, but looking at it, at least, you know, looking at the, uh, you know, sports betting website that I was looking at, there are four teams that are all tied to have the best odds to win the, uh, Mm -hmm. win the national championship. And oddly enough, it's the four, you know, highest ranked you know, currently in the AP poll. And that's North Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston, and Kentucky, you know, one through four, um, and all nine to nine to one odds to win the, uh, you know, to win the national championship. And then after that, Kentucky's not number four after last right, night, right? So obviously he, those will, those will, you know, change and it'll, you know, constantly yeah, yeah. change or whatever up until, you know, we get to April or whatever, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, kind of an odd thing, you know, that I, you see usually maybe one or two teams that kind of set themselves apart. But, yeah, there's four different teams. Yeah, that they, as
1: much as I hate to say it, North Carolina, you know, they brought back a lot of talent yeah, from yeah. that team from last year. So, <clears throat> absolutely. To me – without doing a bunch of research just from a, a fan standpoint they got to be one of my favorites going in
0: right yeah they, they got you know talent on talent you know from an experience an experience to, yeah, yeah and, and obviously went to the national championship last year you know right. did, didn't win it but already have that experience and a lot of those guys already played in that and and you know whatnot so we'll see you'll you know we'll see what happens that,
1: that but they're you know using that for motivation oh too, yeah I'm absolutely sure. um but
0: yeah so it's going to be you know an exciting
1: you know exciting year but uh well.
0: We'll you uh, we know keep tuning in and yeah, like I said, it'll be be a little bit before we maybe turn tune back into college basketball. Maybe when you know conference season kind of starts around and college football starting to kind of wind down, we'll we'll start to get into the, more of the college ranks, college basketball ranks, if you will. So uh, you know, just wanted to kind of give you a kickoff or a tip off here and preview of the, of you know what's to come and um, you know stick with us and we'll 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 keep getting that college basketball action. So My favorite time of year. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> All right um to the nba uh more basketball news and but not really about the games you know they the consideration is to institute a hard salary cap mm-hmm. um you know if it's not going to be a hard salary cap to me you really have no cap at all right right you know a soft cap uh what that way i read it is it reduces your availability to sign free agencies is how a soft Free agents in mm-hmm. the, in the market um, is how a soft cap works, and then I think it depends on how much you go over. Mm-hmm. And then there's also uh, the luxury tax cap, where it's you're, you know made to pay an additional percentage to the league. Um, it's like a tax for any amount that you go over the cap. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. If it's not going to be a hard cap, to me, it's kind of a joke, right?
2: Yeah, well, and and you can see that with what these teams are paying. I mean, there's a huge disparity from top to bottom in the league. Mm-hmm. You got Golden State right now, who's who uh, their their salary is two hundred and two million dollars for, na- for this year, yeah, for this year, and then you've got the Indiana Pacers who are at the other end of that spectrum with only ninety six million dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a huge, huge disparity. And the, act- the actual soft cap number this year is $123,655,000. Right. So, I mean, you got Golden State way, way over, but then you got a team like the Pacers who, who are really way under. You know, mm-hmm. they they should be trying to spend a little more to, <laughs> right. to help their franchise so, out.
1: So, <laughs> do you like it? Do you want a hard cap, as fans? Do you want a hard cap? In the uh,
0: NBA? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you can look at it and you say, you know, by putting in this hard cap, you're hoping to build more parity into yep. the league and, and, you know, whatever. But at the same time, do you really want to watch every, you know, a bunch of teams that are all 500? Is that what we're trying to hope? Is that what we're shooting for? I mean, we want to watch teams that are all middle of the road or all have the same record. But on the flip side, I think well, – Anybody
2: can win. Right. Know?
0: But at the same time, you know, you flip that or you flip it around – and, yeah, you say, oh, you know, what kind of competitive basketball if I'm watching, you know, 500 teams play each other every day or every week or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you flip it around and you say, but maybe that makes it more of an opportunity to teams to actually build teams. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just somebody that's – whoever's got the biggest bankroll right. is, is just going to fork over some cash and that's who, you know, they got the best players Well, on and the it team.
1: Does not make the regular season games mean more, mm-hmm. you know, going in? Does it right? make – does it make some of these guys play harder to play through injuries <laughs> right. to, to actually play defense cuz every game's going to matter when right. it comes yeah. to getting into the right cuz you know only a certain number are going to get in so and you got to get in to win so right. and,
0: um, I, and I think you know if we look at you know the the current system or how it is you know now with kind of the soft cap system uh, you know Matt kind of kind of touched on it there but you know based on current numbers or you know how the how the salaries are right now um, <clears throat> there's going to be about 700 million dollars in luxury tax paid between 10 different teams. So what, you know, how that works or how, you know, that that all plays out is that pool of that money goes into a pool mm-hmm. and at the end of the end of the year, half of that money then is distributed to the rest of the league or the rest of the teams that don't that didn't go over, you know, over the the soft cap, you know, uh,
2: amount. So way the, you too know, confusing so, well, <laughs> like, so you're like being rewarded for, the, right. for not putting a competitive
1: it's, on right. it's like the irs tax code it's yeah. way too confusing yeah
2: so
0: it, it, but you look at it and it's very top heavy because 62 mm-hmm. percent of that almost 700 million mm. is being paid by three teams in right, the league right. the warriors the clippers and the nets all right. are paying you know, almost 62% of that $700 million. So, Christmas. you know, the rest of the seven teams that are, you know, violating, not really violating, but that are going over the kind of the, the soft cap amount. Only
2: making up the other.
0: Yeah, they're making up, you know, pretty pretty small
1: amounts.
2: What it, I, I suppose if you're the Warriors, you say it's totally worth it. You're winning championships. If yeah. you're the Nets or Clippers, you're wondering, what the heck am I doing? What are you doing? Right. Well, yeah. look at
1: the Lakers. I mean, they're at right. the high end of the salary, you know, <laughs> what they're paying their guys. And it's been a dumpster fire right. in the last Absolutely. few years. So, and so I
0: don't think, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that it means the more money you spend, the, the better off your team is always mm-hmm. going to be. I mean, that, in, in theory, that's what you would think, or, you know, all right, I'm, I'm dishing out these big but contracts. I would
2: say more times than not. It, it doesn't. I mean, you've you can, got an easier chance to miss though. You, you right. can miss on a guy and just say, well, I'm going to go buy you somebody know, Col- else. You're then, talking,
1: right? we're talking about the high end of the scale. I went the other direction. Mm-hmm. So, in twenty twenty two, like Matt said, the cap's hundred and twenty three million. There's only gonna be five teams that are actually
2: below, below the that. cap. Yeah. So
1: is it even yeah, you know, and that uh, the Pacers are one, obviously the Spurs, uh-huh. Charlotte, Orlando, and Memphis. Right. So, you know, is it is it really even a thing? Right. I, yeah. To me, if it's not a hard cap, it, it means
2: nothing. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think it, 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 you know, if you institute this hard cap, at least from what I was reading or, you know, trying to kind of understand, um, you know, is it really kind of hurts the guys that aren't making like the max deals, if you will, um, when it comes to free agency. So, you know, I I looked at some numbers, so actually 86% of the players in the league make less than, will make less than 20 million, you know, per year. So that's, you know, other fourteen percent; those are your, you know, your superstars or your your guys that are somewhat of the franchise players on their on their team. So, you know, a majority, even more than a majority of of the players are making you know anywhere between the league minimum to you know somewhat the league maximum, if you will. Um, and I think it really limits them when it comes to free agency because the way I understand it with the current system is that with kind of this soft cap, anybody that's not really going for a Max contract or a super max contract,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they can get paid basically whatever, whenever. It it's really however the market decides. If there's a team that's willing to pay you whatever, there's not really any guidelines when it comes to you know how much you can make mm-hmm. if you're a player that's not really you know making the the max or the mm-hmm. super max you know type deal. So I think with a hard cap that that may somewhat limit you because, of course, with the hard cap it's going to be the all-star players, obviously are going to be, you know, the highest bank role. Mm-hmm. And then it's everybody else, just kind of whatever's left over. This is what you're going to get type thing. So I think it, it limits the players that, that aren't your all-stars or your, 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 your top level guys, if you will. So,
1: you know, well, that, what, what will that do? You know, if a guy thinks he should be making more, will he leave and go play in the European league instead of playing in the NBA? Exactly. So will you dilute the talent at all? I don't really see that happening, but to, I, I'm going to say it right now. I want this. Okay. I okay. want, I want a hard cap. All right. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think it's going to make coaches coach. Right. It's going to make your G- GMs, you know, recruiting talent rather than just, Oh, well, let's go buy this guy. Mm-hmm. It's going to make players play and it's going to make accountants manage money. To me, it's going to make everybody do their job. Right. Hold them accountable. Yeah. It's no it, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. I, it's going to make everybody do their job the way it's intended. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not, I'm not making super max contract, but I'm still making 20 million a year. Boo hoo. Right. right? Yeah. Um, You know, for a game that I supposedly love for playing a kid's game. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I like it. I want to see it. And here's the thing you can, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back and make, tweak it, make changes, whatever.
0: Yeah. I think at the same time, it's, it's also, you're going to see a lot. Like, I know you know, some people in the league or whatever, they don't really follow a team per se. They follow more of players when it comes to the, comes to the NBA. I think now, you know, already you've, you've seen, you know, guys that are always constantly changing teams and, you know, going here, going there, whatever. I think you're going to see that even happen even more. Uh, Yeah. You're going to have to build a team, but I think it's going to be somewhat of of building a new team almost every year. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think you're going to see Teams have to have to try to build teams, you know, more readily or, you know, it's going to yeah. be kind of a changing of the guard almost every year right because there. it's going to be difficult because you're only going to have to, you know, to have two all-stars or two, you know, superstars with that hard salary cap, whatever that number yeah. might be.
1: Well, you're, you're you, very limited, you know. And you so. won't see guys leaving. I don't like mm-hmm. the, the transient basketball players for like, right. Well, I can go here and make another $2 million a year because. The teams aren't going to have that extra money right. to pay a player, yeah. so you may see guys stick with a team more mm-hmm. now than what you know. It seems like every year these teams just change lineups, mm-hmm. you know, so much. You may see a little more. Yeah, I
0: think the role players will somewhat stay intact. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be once again the kind of the all stars or the, the guys that are making the big money that are going to be the ones that, that potentially could be swapping teams every. And, and they every may year. have
1: to. They may have to take cuts in salaries to right. get to get some, you know, decent players, players to around play them, with. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah we'll you know,
2: I, I agree wholeheartedly with both of you. I, I'd love to see this, but bottom line, it's not going to happen. The players have to agree to it or it can't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's, they'll, they'll lock out before they'll agree to right. this to happening. And they all think it's going to limit their earning potential. It, it, it's never going to be instituted. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, that's a good point. Man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> all
1: right. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. Uh, don't leave us. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone.
1: Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at
0: www.podbean.com and use the code podcast 21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out.
1: All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. All right, time to get into some college football. That's what the part of the show we've been waiting all night for. So uh, just do our recap from last week. Hey, I uh, made up a game last week. I'm now one game behind Colton and one and two games behind Matt. So things are tightening up here now, um, right off the bat, uh, you know, a, a game that we all missed uh, Purdue and Illinois. I don't I don't know what happened to Illinois. I it was just, um, I think that the, the key for me and I watched a lot of this game was um, even though Chase Brown, uh, um, the, the, you know, the running back from Illinois had a decent day. They held him under a um, hundred yards for the day. And, kept him well below his average per carry to me. That was, that was the big difference for Purdue and Purdue's offense. Hey, they, they were moving the ball, moving the ball. So, you know, I think that to me, though, that, that limiting, I wouldn't say they, they shut him down, but at least limiting chase Brown. Yeah. Um, his running ability i think that's the key to that game
2: talk about illinois blowing a golden opportunity all they had to do was win this game and they won the big 10 west they'd Mm -hmm. be playing for a big 10 championship here in a couple weeks right but you know that that didn't happen i I think the difference in this game was the yeah. ended up with 12 penalties for 121 yards compared to purdue who only had six they had 80 yards out of them but they were really spaced out and it didn't hurt as bad as that 80 yards right Right. yeah you know and yeah that you mentioned that 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 uh
1: Big Ten West is an absolute disaster. Yeah. It's yeah. Chaos. Yeah, yeah with there. with
0: Illinois's loss and Purdue's win, we actually have a four-way tie for first place in the yeah. Big Ten West between yeah. Illinois, Purdue, Iowa, and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We'll get into a couple more of those teams here in a, in a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what a what a mess they got on that other side of the you know other side of the uh, Big Ten. So, mm-hmm. yeah. all
1: right, uh, next game, uh, Alabama and Old Miss. Um, you know we all we all picked Alabama, but mm-hmm. This game was kind of in question. I you know, they're saying, Oh, Nick Saban's got his team right. I'm not so sure. Yeah, it wasn't uh, that big of a another
0: game. struggle for Alabama on the on the road. Yeah, their, I, their thought so too.
1: I mean, Bryce Young had a, a good day, twenty-one to thirty-three, three TDs. Um, but Ole Miss, I think, kept it close. They rushed for almost two hundred yards. So, you know I don't know where that Bama defense was. Um, you know, they they were down ten points late in the first half there. Um, then they got a score right before halftime and then uh, actually tied it up and then went down again in the third. You know, they, they did have to they showed a lot of heart. They did have to come back from being behind two different times mm-hmm. uh, you know, to get the win. But, you know, down the stretch they had to kick two field goals down the stretch and they were lucky that, you know, old miss, you know, they threw a an interception, I think, in the end zone mm-hmm. to end the game. So yeah. Yeah. um, you know, it was it was uh I wouldn't say that, you know, they've got the the
2: ship completely going in the right direction yeah yet. alabama's definitely getting the benefit of the doubt on their rankings mm-hmm. just just from what they've done in the past because right. they really haven't played like a top 10 team this mm-hmm. season at all yeah. they've been up and down especially on, on the road no consistency yeah, yeah. Uh, you know great great on them you know bouncing back and getting the w here but it was the hard fought, not a pretty game for Bama.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the difference for me in this one was Old Miss was was over three on fourth down convert. Mm-hmm. You know, took some chances in this one and just yeah. you know wasn't able to you know convert on some fourth downs to keep you know keep drives alive. Obviously gave you know gave the ball back to Alabama and you know gave
1: them some opportunities to
0: you know get back in the game or you know build on their build on their lead. So
1: yeah, it was it was uh, not not pretty. Uh, third game on the slate. I got UCF and Tulane. A game mm-hmm. I I. Did manage to pick right. Uh it was it was a close game the whole game. Uh you know, US UCF started out, you know, they got a great start. They scored 17 points in that in that first quarter, but t- Tulane hung in there. You know, Plumley had a great day. Uh not so much throwing, but running the ball. Yeah.
2: He, he went 17
1: over. to 30, 132 yards, one TD throwing, but rushing, the dude went for 176 yards. Almost ten yards of carry, mm-hmm. um, you know. And Tulane had two turnovers. Um, another thing I thought was there was only one punt in this whole game. Tulane <laughs> punted the ball one time. Yeah, UCF never punted. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah. But it was it was uh, it was a tight game, and I was worried I was going to take a loss.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think UCF's defense kind of pr- proves the difference maker here. They forced two, two turnovers, had a couple sacks on the day. Mm-hmm. You know, a good game by UCF, who I also picked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know coming into this one, I thought Tulane had. The, had the better of the two defenses obviously you know especially in the one, running one running Saturday. you know running game uh you know Tulane was only giving up about 120 yards you know rushing <laughs> they gave up 336 total rushing yards so almost you know three 20. times what yeah. they you know usually did but uh yeah I think the turnovers you know they had some some penalties for uh well over 80 yards um, and then they also just got beaten the, the time of possession battle I mean um UCF had the ball for almost 36 minutes compared to you know Tulane's kind of 24 minutes gotcha, on the on the yeah, time of possession yeah. so UCF you know had long sustaining drives that that resulted in, in touchdowns that you know Tulane just had no answer and you know it was always you know Tulane was trying to play catch up the whole entire game and just you know never never could could right the ship so mm-hmm.
1: yeah so uh yeah that was that was that game and then uh, another game that only had one punt uh, Washington versus Oregon. Um, I, I think we all missed this one. Am I correct? Yep. yep. Yeah, uh, Washington wound up with a three-point win. Um, no defense in this game. <laughs> I don't know – you know, Oregon had that questionable call that Matt and I were kind of texting each other back
2: about <laughs> what forth. they were doing. They
1: went for it on fourth down when they were in field goal range. I think, weren't they in field goal range?
2: I don't think they were quite in field
1: goal range. No, I think they were more, their own own on their own side
2: of the field. They oh, that's like yeah, right. yeah, they went, yeah, and gave gave, that's right, gave Washington yeah. the ball with, back. With short time left, short... all they had to do was punt it away and it probably goes to OT. Right, right,
1: yeah. 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 So I, I was a little confused on that, but there really hasn't been that much talk about it. I thought there would be, you know, more people questioning that call, um, you know, all the armchair quarterbacks, you know, come Monday morning. Right. But, uh, you know, Oregon, it doesn't get any easier for them this week. They host Utah, which, again, we'll talk about here after a bit. Um, last game uh, that we got on the slate, and this was the exact opposite. Of the last two we just – Seven punts each, mm. 14 punts in this game. Yeah, this was a stinker to watch to me. I was like nodding Snooze off kinda, to yeah. trying to stay. Uh, and I think the difference being TCU, um, held Texas to only 28 yards total rushing, right? Um,
0: three, three points if you don't count their you know, defensive because I mean, their yeah. defense scored a touchdown, so Texas yeah. only put up three points with yeah. their offense, so
1: right, only had 199 total yards of yeah. offense. And, the, the big one to me, they went one of 13 converting third downs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you, you're not going to win games like that. Um, yeah, and that's you know, crazy
2: coming into this game. Everybody was talking about Texas running back Bijan Robinson. Right. Yeah. He was going to be the difference maker. He had nothing, 29 right. yards on 12 carries. Yeah. Yeah. He nothing. was really showing up by TCU's running back, Cundra Miller yep. at 21 carries, 138 yeah. yards right. and in a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I, you know, watch, Colton and I were kind of
1: watching it together when it first started and, um Dugan the quarterback from uh uh, TCU he looked just uncomfortable all day it was yeah I think
0: think that's hats off to the to the Texas defense I think if you came into this game and you told me you know TCU's only going to score 17 points and they're going to win the game
2: you'd say
0: yeah there's no way you know you, you like you like Texas's chances if they limited TCU's offense to only 17 points and the defense did everything that they, you know, they that do. they could do. I mean, they had five sacks, 14 tackles for a loss. I mean, <laughs> what, and, and scored a touchdown. I mean, they, they scored points. Yeah, what
1: else? We scored more than the offense. Dude. Right.
0: And, and so I think, yeah, the Texas defense has to be pointing to the, you know, the other side of the ball and saying, man, if you could have just done out a, a little bit, you know, you know, but I think you also have to – give your hats off then to the TCU deep. Defense, I mean, yeah. they probably had their best effort of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. they came in being somewhat middle of the road, you know, doing enough to get by or whatever, but this was by far probably their best performance mm-hmm. with, a you know, a Texas team that that's capable of putting up, you know, putting up some, and I, I did
1: get this one, right. I, I, but I didn't. <laughs> that's not the the way I expected right. this to go. Mm-hmm. I expected it to be a shootout right. and TCU to come well, out. On I top. was also
2: shocked. You know, Texas has a, a solid backup quarterback. He, he played some games for him when Ewers was out injured. Yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't make the switch when the stagnant of that offense right. was. That well, first with
1: time. this win, uh, you know, TCU has guaranteed him a spot in the Big 12 title game. So. Yeah uh Texas I think that there's a way they can they need help but they no. can still sneak no, their way I don't think so I thought they were
2: caught. I think they had to win this right. one they, if they if they won this one and one out right. they okay. would have been right
1: that's yeah it must have been what I was listening yeah. to Yeah. all right very good all right now on to this week um we're going to start I think we'll go let's go in the Big 10 but not the game that I'm interested <laughs> in let's go with that Iowa Minnesota game mm-hmm. um you know Iowa comes in at six and four overall four and three in the in the West in the conference Minnesota comes in seven three also four and three in the West they're uh Minnesotas favored by three points um who do you guys like in this one
0: yeah like you said you know we talked about with Purdue and Illinois you know being a, a cluster there in the in the big Ten West and you know I don't know that it gets any easier with with this one um you know I I don't know I, I feel like it's a coin toss <laughs> a coin toss in this game but you know, I, I like I like Minnesota to to get it done on this one. I, I think that three points or you know two and a half points is probably about dead on. You know, mm-hmm. Iowa's offense, yeah, a couple weeks ago or you know kind of consecutive weeks, it seemed like their offense, you know, kind Figured of got it out. got it together. And then last week they laid an egg, you know, against Wisconsin, and, and and it looked like the old you know Iowa that we're used to used to seeing of only putting up a handful of points but and still did enough to get the, yeah, get the still, w. still get the W. But uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's the Iowa offense that we're going to see right. their defense is going to keep them in this game. But I think Minnesota has just enough offense, you know, yeah. that that Iowa doesn't have to, to get over the hump and win this game. But I think right. that three points is probably dead on, but I like Minnesota to, to win this one and keep their chances alive of, you know, winning that Big Ten West.
2: Yeah, looking at the stats on this one, it actually surprised me a little bit. Minnesota's scoring 31 points a game, which we all know that they're they're good on the offense side. Iowa's only scoring 18 points. Mm -hmm. But what the real surprise to me was both of these teams are only giving up 13 points a game. So Minnesota's defense is playing every bit as good as Iowa's. I I think that extra offense Minnesota has is going to be enough to propel them to victory here.
1: All right, right. so you guys got Minnesota. Yeah, Yeah, I think I got to agree with you. I Mm -hmm. I like Minnesota in this as well. Yeah. But I think the key for me is gonna be who wins that battle. Is it Iowa's rush defense that's only given up eighty seven yards a game mm-hmm. or Minnesota's rush offense that's gaining two hundred and twenty one mm-hmm. yards a game? Right. And I like I like the you know, the the veteran leadership of that running back Ibrahim uh, you know, for Minnesota. 5.3 yards to carry. I'm go. I'm going with the Gophers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that one, that the magic number for that that rushing is 170, 170 yards. So if Iowa can limit, you know, Minnesota to less than 170 rushing yards, Minnesota this year is one in three when they rush for less than 170. When they go more than 170, they're six and zero. So that's the that's the magic number. Can they hold them? You know, under under 170 rushing yards. That's a lot of yards. That's still I, still I, a, I lot that yeah. Yeah, that's um, a lot of yards. Yeah, yeah. So. I think, you know, Iowa, You know, obviously we know what we're getting with Iowa's defense. We'll see what Minnesota's yeah. defense
1: can do. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, two quarterbacks that really aren't lighting the world on fire. I expected more out of Petrus this season mm-hmm. um, than what he's doing. Um, but really, you know, only 251 yards of offense and 18 points a game. And, yeah. you know, he's only had five TD throws and mm-hmm. five picks. So, yeah, and I, I, the
2: winner of this will be in the driver's seat yeah. in that Big Ten West. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Uh, next game, I got Boise State going up against uh, Wyoming. Um, both teams seven and three, um, but Boise State six and zero oh in the conference. Wyoming's five and one. Um, here's the thing. Uh, Boise State's played no games against a ranked opponent. None. Mm-hmm. None. So far this year. Wyoming's only played one. It, it played BYU. Um, at that point, was ranked 19th, and they both were beat by BYU. Mm. Um Wyoming's D, uh, the the difference, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Wyoming's D's giving up a hundred more yards a game. I guess to me is where I gotta I gotta pick the difference here. So so I'm going with the Broncos to buck the Cowboys. I'm going with Boise State. Yeah.
2: yeah, looking at the stats, Boise State's better in every statistical category. I'm going Boise State.
0: Yeah, and you know Boise State comes into this one they're favored by two touchdowns. You know, like Dad said, they're. They're one and two in their side of you know the Mountain West Conference, um, so obviously whoever wins this game is you know in the driver's seat or you know in 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 to you know play in that Mountain West you know conference championship game. I think the difference for me, like like Dad said, nailed you know nailed it there. Boise State's defense has only giving up about seventeen points a game. Um, you know Wyoming's you know on the other hand they're they're giving up a lot more points, giving up you know three hundred and sixty five yards of offense. I I, I just think that uh, yeah Boise State more balanced team on both sides of the ball i I like the broncos to get it done
2: i'll say i'm glad we're not in western michigan right now if this game's on the espn for anybody it's uh blizzard blizzard snow (laughs) down there yeah
1: yeah uh let's see i got uh usc at number seven going up against uh number 16 ranked ucla team um nine and one versus eight and two uh two good teams but i think for different reasons i think Caleb Williams has been the story for USC. You know, he's having a great year, 31 TDs against only two picks. Their only loss was to a number at that time, a, a 20th ranked Utah team. They lost by one point. Um, and it looks like his, uh, two top receivers are both be playing this weekend and, and Jordan Addison and Mario Williams mm-hmm. it looks like they're both going to play. Not sure of, you know, I, I know Addison played last weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Mario Williams did or not, but, yeah. uh, but they, you know, and then, you know, but on the other hand, you got, you got Zach Charbonnet for UCLA. who's having a great season. You know, he's had 13 rushing touchdowns. They beat a 15th ranked Washington team and an 11th ranked Utah team, mm-hmm. uh, and then lost at uh, at the time at the number, I think Oregon was ranked 10th at the time when they got beat by them. But, uh, I guess, you know, I'm not sure what the spread. Oh, uh, UCA, USC by two and a half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm going to go with the odd makers. I'm taking the Trojans.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, once again, another high scoring, I think, affair here in in the Pac-12. You know, kind of looking at the the defensive stats here. Both of the red zone defenses not very good for these teams. (laughs) Uh, USC. You know, when opponents get inside the red zone, which is you know inside the twenty yard line, they're allowing opponents to score on seventy six percent of those drives. But you'd say, oh, that's a pretty high number. Well, wait till I tell you what UCLA opponents, when they get into red zone territory, they're giving it up almost 92% of the time. Wow. They're letting teams score. So, you know, they're definitely, you know, this is, I, I think it's going to be another, you know, high power, you know, offensive, you know, shootout here in the, in the pack 12. Um, but I like, I like the Trojans to. To get it done, UCLA coming off a bad loss to to a very bad Arizona team. I think they're somewhat reeling from that. I, I like USC to keep somewhat an outside chance of their their playoff hopes hopes alive, and I like the Trojans to get it done.
2: Well, I guess I got a little wiggle room here, so you know I'm going to go a little different. I, I'm going to UCLA. These two teams are they're, on paper they're statistically very close. They are. You know, there's not much that separates the two. So I'm kind of going by the eye test and who they've both played. UCLA was able to beat Utah in the game they played them, 42-32. USC lost that close competitive contest Mm -hmm. by by score of 42-43. I think UCLA's got just enough to get it done here. I think home field Mm -hmm. is going to be enough to to help (laughs) propel them to victory.
1: Right, right. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, Last one, or not the last one, but the next one I got, number 10, Utah coming in at 8-2, going against an Oregon team. That's also 8 and 2. Oregon's favored by three points. Uh, you know, this, te- This I don't even, you know, you look at the stats and what these teams are doing. I don't know. This is a toss up to yeah. me. I almost just slipped a coin, but mm-hmm. um, I think Utah's defense is slightly better. However, um, I think Oregon's a little more battle tested. They've mm-hmm. played better teams, I think, so far this year. Um, and I'm, I'm going to take the Ducks in a, in a close one over Utah
0: yeah i got to got to agree and i think it's truly the home field advantage for me in in this one um you know if you look at the quarterback play you know cameron rising there for utah he has not played very well on the on the road so far i mean he's, he's putting up you know good stats you know overall but on the road he only has three total touchdowns and and three ints and mm-hmm. on the season he only has four total interceptions and and so three of the four have come on the road so just seems what, you know, seems to, you know, when he's playing away from home, you know, somewhat struggles there on the, on the road. You look on the flip side, you got Bo Nix. When he's at home, he's gone for 16 total touchdowns and no interceptions. So the guy is lights out when they, when they play at home, obviously, you know, Oregon's got, got this game at home as well. You know, I think they have got a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth from that, from that game last week, you know, kind of you know, kicking themselves that they weren't able to come out on top. Um, I, I think Oregon gets it, gets it done here in another close, close game.
2: Yep. For a lot of the same reasons you guys both said, I think Oregon's offense is slightly better. I, I think home field and that slight better offense is going to be enough to get it done. Three point spreads probably dead on in this yep. one. Yep.
1: I think so too. All right. Last game, another coming back home here, back to the big 10, you got Illinois going into Michigan, going into the big house. Uh, you know, Illinois was. It, we said was had been in the driver's seat in that in that West there, and you know, blew that this last weekend. So how how much are they? Is that going to affect them coming in? Is that motivation, or is that you know their season's ruined? So you know, they're coming into a, a Michigan team that's ranked number three, ten and zero, and is favored by eighteen points. Which I was a little surprised at that spread. Mm-hmm. I I think that's way too much. Um, you got two of the best running backs, you know, statistically coming in and quorum and, uh, and and um,
0: Chase, Chase, Chase Brown,
1: Chase Brown. We already talked about him. Their QBs have similar stats Their defense, similar numbers. The big difference I see to me and why I'm going to give, you know, Michigan the, the, the edge here is that Michigan scoring 41 points a game. Against Illinois, when he's scoring twenty-one points a game, so they're not only are they putting up you know big yards, they're they're, they're scoring off of it as well. So yeah. I like Michigan. I think that eighteen-point spread's too big, though.
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, you know I gotta gotta agree. I think Michigan and I think people at home, you know, if you were looking at this game maybe you know three weeks ago or whatever, you were circling this one on the calendar. This was you know potential trap game for for Michigan. You know, obviously the week before you know they play play Ohio State, um, but you know last two weeks Illinois has has laid some real bad, you know, some some eggs here, you know, against Michigan State and then, you know, Purdue last week. Uh, but I think the difference for me in that Purdue game, Chase Brown did go down with an injury. still up in the air whether yeah. or not he's gonna be playing or, you know, I, I think even not even a hundred percent. I think it's really going to affect, you know, that Illinois. They they run their offense, you know, a lot Three, through, mm-hmm. you know, through him. They don't have a lot of, you know, other playmakers outside of him. Yeah, that Illinois offense—they they gain a lot of yards, but they don't really get a lot of points. You know, they have a ton of you know ton of yards, but they don't they don't average a, a ton of points for teams that, that average that many yards. Um, so I just think that yeah, Michigan's Michigan's offense a little bit too much high powered. Have a little a lot of you know a lot of different weapons that they can spread the ball around. I really want
1: to see JJ McCarthy have a better game than he's had the last couple of games. Yeah, it's really, uh, kind of not not lived up to a lot of the hype i don't feel these last couple weeks um,
2: as a michigan fan i think you guys would like to see them get out to a better start they've had slow starts here lately yeah, and the second really half have, have poured it on right you absolutely know, this,
1: to me this is still a trap game for michigan you know obviously oh you know you can say it as much as you want everybody's looking ahead to next week <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean whether you are an osu fan or a player or a Michigan fan or a player. Or even That's, if you're not, I think right. even just Everybody, college football fans in general. Everybody's that. looking ahead yeah. to yeah. that. You know, and in Illinois is not a terrible team. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, they
0: got they got seven wins on the you know, seven they're still got a, you know, good record at seven and right. three. So, you know, definitely can't be taken lightly. Um, I just think that they're a little bit banged up coming into this mm, one, and I think some. I think Michigan will, will come out on top. Yeah, Matt, the, what do you think?
2: Look, looking at the stats, Michigan's better in every phase of this game. Like you said, Illinois is reeling. They've got losses now to Purdue and Michigan State in second weeks. Yeah. They're just they're not playing like they were early on. Their offense isn't hitting like it was. Mm-hmm. Their defense is actually giving up more than their average. Right. They're just they're they're not playing their best ball at the end of the season. I think the spread of eighteen points is is, is actually uh, under i, okay. I think they, really? they beat them by more than that Ooh. all
1: right all right, all right. Well, i like to hear that all right well that's our show for tonight um we're going to we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back at you next week. I'm thinking Wednesday again next week, but uh, we'll see how everybody's schedule goes, and we'll let Colton do the honors of signing us out.
0: Yeah. So thanks for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cal,
1: Chief Rob Cal,
0: Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week, and you know if you want to hear of other topics for future episodes, or you know you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about, you know on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We have uh, an Instagram at uh, Fired Up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up, comma Sports Podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website as well at uh, www.firedup1.podbean.com. We can find a little bit of you know uh, information about the show and you know all of our past episodes and even this this episode as well. But uh, you know you can also find our our uh, you know <clears throat> our show on pretty much any podcast podcast platform you can think of. So we're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So pretty much any Anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay Stay fired fired up. up.